Views expressed on this program are those of the sponsors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research Incorporated, a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment Advisor Representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Indices mentioned are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Asset allocation and diversification strategies cannot assure profit or protect against loss. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Capital Retirement Strategies and Cambridge Investment Research are not affiliated. All right. Welcome to Plan for Life Now. Yes. Episode, oh, hold on. You you go ahead and talk. I'm going to figure out <laughs> test, which test. episode we're on. Te- no, we're not testing. Oh, we're not testing? No, I'm saying you talk. You carry on. Oh, I thought it wasn't working. No, it's working. All right, I just we wanna... will not edit this. This is, oh my gosh, behind the scenes stuff. I just want to plan for Life Now podcast, because usually before we start, I test this by saying test. No. That's how old it. I am. I still test things like I was doing when radio was invented by saying the word test. Okay. Okay. Well, is, we is are it working now? It was working all along. I was cool. just looking for which episode. We are on episode number 55. All right. And it's actually appropriate. Our topic for today was we want to talk in detail about a meeting that we had with one of our clients, been a longtime client. And when we talked to him, he said, oh, I love the podcast. I listen. What are you up to now? Episode 55? Yeah. He, he was right. He listens. We're Thanks on episode. All of you who listen. Interesting. You either never listen to our podcast right. or you really are into it and listen to it a lot and know and remember way more than I remember. Right. While I'm broadcasting the podcast with you. So we appreciate that. Okay, so let, let's set up this discussion here. So like we said, we want to talk about this particular client, um, his approach to his overall financial plan, his situation, and why we think probably everybody can learn a little bit of, of something from his approach to how, how he tackles his finances. Right, and we're not using his real name, obviously. No. We're calling him Bob. So here, yeah, we independently came up with the idea of calling him Bob. You and I both thought Bob. I just thought Bob, you know, that makes sense, right? So, no, okay. But Bob. <laughs> okay, so let, let's tell the whole story because we, really to tell this story properly, we've got to go back to the beginning of when we met Bob. So we met Bob back in 2010, right? So a long time client. Bob came into our office in Tyson's and Bob said, uh, guys, could you, could you come down to my car with me? And help me get some stuff. I've got a few things in the car for you guys to get. Okay. I think the first and last time we've ever gone to the client's car to get items. I You I and I have only carried items once. It was that time with Bob. From a car? Yeah. From a car. Yeah. Um, so we went down to Bob's car. You know, keep in mind, Dave and I are dressed in shirts and ties. You know, look very professional. And Bob had boxes of paperwork in his car. I'm not talking one box. I'm not talking a shoe box. I'm talking those big file boxes that you have. And he, they were full of paperwork. 
So we're loaded up with these boxes, carrying them upstairs. As Dave likes to say, we looked like we were the FBI. Right. It looks like know. we were raiding Michael Cohen's office. <laughs> right. We had busted some white-collar criminal, and uh, we were going to do a little forensic accounting for him. Um, but Bob had a lot of different accounts in a lot of different places. And we've many times before talked about this phenomenon, and we've, we've called it junk drawer financial planning. And the term junk drawer financial planning basically means you've got a lot of different accounts spread out in a lot of different places. And these people tend to be very good savers. They're very good at putting money away, but they just kind of have everything all over the place. It's, it's not consolidated. There's no coordinated plan. They save something, they forget about it. You know, it's like the squirrel that buries nuts all over the place and you're not quite sure where all the nuts are. And Bob is the poster boy of junk drawer. Absolutely. But let me reiterate, you know, this is someone who knew he needed to save, was a very good saver, had put away money regularly and religiously. So that is, you know, that's of course, first and foremost, when it comes to, to financial planning and investing is saving money regularly. Yeah. And, and he certainly- Oh, he's great at that. Captured that easily. Um, so, you know, clearly we've had a relationship with Bob here for the last, you know, going on 10 years or so. Um, but we met with him just recently and uh, we met for about two hours. It was a pretty long meeting. Um, and Bob had a lot of different questions. But in particular, why we wanted to highlight this meeting and this interaction here was the way that he approaches his finances and, and what other people might take away from this. So first and foremost, I just said we met for two, two hours. Right? It was a pretty long meeting. Bob had a lot of questions. And Bob's approach to things is he cuts out articles from newspapers. Right. And, and says, you know what, I want to ask Dave and Steve about this. Right, it could be, right? It could be periodicals, it could be newspapers, it could be an AARP newsletter, it could be yep. whatever he finds about financial retirement planning, he cuts it out, yep. saves it for our meeting, and then we go through it. Yeah, and I mean, some people, you know, we've got other clients who do similar things and they'll haul about it, they'll drop it in the mail, they'll, you know, whatever, email about it. Um, you know, Bob's approach happens to be, okay, I'm going to collect this stuff up, but I want to ask about it because I don't understand this. You know, I, I, you know, he knows enough, but he's, I don't think I'm going to hurt his feelings and say he's not a financial expert. Most people who don't do this aren't, but he knows enough to say, okay, I should be asking these questions. And they were a lot of really good questions. I mean, it was about you know, making Roth contributions, about, you know, different types of index funds. It was about uh, withdrawals and about beneficiaries. These are all things that you should be educating yourself about. You, know, you should have at least a passing knowledge of, of these various things. Yeah. Um, the other really, I don't wanna say good approach, but the, the good thing about Bob's situation is he's had a lot of health issues recently. Last six months, you know, he told us some stories about, you know, he's had prostate cancer. It's, you know, prostate cancer nowadays, it seems like the treatment is kind of a wait and see thing. You know, my, my uncle has this. 
and the recovery and, and being in remission from prostate cancer is super good. Yeah, similar no, to breast cancer. High. No, it's not 100% curable, but similar to breast cancer, the male version might be prostate cancer when you look at you know recovery and going right. on with your life. So he's had prostate cancer for five and a half years, but kind of been in a wait and see mode, had to take a more aggressive treatment approach here uh, this year. And he had a, a small stroke event um, and then some other complications relating to all of this. Right. So, you're going to get back to that part of the story. Yeah. I'm going to go back to 2010 when we met him. Okay. Gathered all his information. Do what you do with every client. Find out what they have, what they don't have. Go through their investments. And what do we think the best financial planners, <laughs> retirement planners do? Also go through their insurance. Yeah. And he had no long-term care insurance. Yeah, and like most point. people we meet, not a lot of knowledge of what this is. I believe he attended after that first meeting one of my long-term care seminars. Don't remember, but I think he did. But anyway, bottom line is in 2010 also, we ended up doing the long-term care insurance. Right on him as well. Now, there, this is all before the health issues that you just mentioned. Yeah, but that, that's a good point because, you know, when we're sitting down and we're walking through uh, the office and we've got these file boxes of all different investments and all over the place, you know, we're taking a look at his overall situation. You know, I, I'm not an accountant, I'm not an attorney, we're not giving tax and legal advice, but we're looking at investments, we're looking at insurance, we're looking at the taxable impact of things, we're looking at beneficiary designations, you know, how those should be structured. Um, you know, so we have to look at that overall portfolio. Right. So, so I, I think that plays a role in what's going on now. The fact that he has long-term care insurance, right, hasn't had it for a while, then this is what happens. Now, later in life, remember it was 2010, when we met him, I think the, when he had prostate, I'm trying to remember what year that was. Five and a half years he's had it. Yeah. So he's, he's had it for a couple of, you know, for a while since we've known him. But like I said, it was kind of a wait and see approach. And then this year had to get a little bit more aggressive on that. Um, but the, the whole point in talking about this, and the point Dave brought up before we went on the air here, is just for single people, for people who are not married or you know widowed or whatever, um, having this relationship with a financial advisor where you have this trusted contact where you can tell your family members, whoever's gonna take care of your, your money. I'm thinking of another one of our clients who recently had her nephew added as an authorized individual on her accounts. Right? Because she said, you know what? If I'm in the hospital and there are bills that need to be paid, I can't call you if I'm in a coma. Who's going to call? Well, somebody has to be able to do that. In this case, Bob, you know, we were discussing all this, and he said, well, I've really got to get my stuff together to make sure the trustee for my estate knows who you guys are, knows about this long-term care insurance. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, you now think about Bob had a stroke. Right. And thank goodness his recovery to that stroke has been great. Yeah, and as far as his faculties and men, and besides just the fact that we're talking, we talk clinically, like financial advisors do. Bob's a really good guy. He's one of you know. He's a great person. I like every yeah. time we meet him. We always fist bump. That's what we do with him. <laughs> I don't know where that started, but that's what we do whenever we meet him for some reason. Um, and I just like the guy. 
And I, like I said, I'm just glad that you're with us. <laughs> right. You know, but the reality is, what if that stroke went the other way? Sure. And now you're somewhat, even somewhat incapacitated. Think about how that trust factor, you know, retirement planning and all the intricacies of what we do that aren't just growing your money is hard enough for couples mm-hmm. <laughs> when we have our married couples. But for single people, and now something happens to you, that relationship is even... Yeah. It's even more important, and that's why the the trust factor, and not like anything else, I mean, a lot of you listening are our clients, and you've been our clients for years. A trust factor is only built over time. Yeah. Um, But having that with your financial advisor is so incredibly important for people who are, we use the word retired, but I'll just say as you're getting older and more things happen to your health. Yeah, I mean, this is... uh something I was thinking about with another client that I was dealing with recently is, is meeting with their children. Um, this is a separate client of mine that I was meeting with. They're 89 and 87 years old. And, and they said, you know, at some point we're not going to be around, right? Health's okay now, but we're not going to be around forever. Would you mind meeting with our kids now so that we've got an, they have an understanding of what are the assets, what taxes are going to be due, what you know, how's that going to work? So I, I went ahead and did this and met with these these uh, the kids to give them. And I say kids, the kids are sixty five and you know right. seventy, <laughs> uh, or not, maybe not seventy, but yeah, the kids are a little older. Um, but to give them an understanding for, okay, this is how it's going to work. This is what mom and dad have. Here are the assets. Now, most of our clients aren't quite that old, right? So most no, of our when clients we have, are... When we have clients who bring their kids, they're usually closer to your age. Right. You know, around 40 or 30s is a general rule. Maybe you'd be the median age between 35 and 40 is usually when we have right. these kids who come. But... Wow, I mean, that makes total sense. You know, if you trust your children enough, you know, to, to hear what you have. Some people don't want their kids to know what they have, and I totally get that. Yeah. Um, but if it's not that type of scenario and you trust it, it sure is nice for them to know, to see these, you know, us, and to see what you have, to understand how it's invested. And then, you know, when inevitably you pass away, they are way, way more well-versed, not only in what you have, but in the investment side of things in general, yeah. which is going to help them when they inherit that money a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, just, you know, our takeaway after Dave and I were, were driving home from this meeting you know, and we were talking about, you know, gosh, he, he has the right idea. He stays on top of things. He's planning for, you know, what if something happens to me? Got to make sure that the right people have the right contact information. Um, obviously, he's planned for the long-term care, you know, which could really wipe somebody out if they haven't planned for that. All right, so you know, I think the larger point in this whole podcast is, you know, thinking through, you know, well, how am I going to handle my finances? You know, not only now when I'm alive and well and still thinking clearly, but later on down the line, when maybe my mental faculties aren't there as much. Am I going to have a family member involved? You know, do I need to have some sort of corporate trustee involved? And we've come across cases where, um, you know, 
someone's father left a pretty nice inheritance, but he knew that his daughter and his daughter's husband liked to spend money. So he put in spendthrift provisions on that trust, doesn't allow them to take out big lumps of money. Now they can still take out money to support themselves, but you know it doesn't go beyond that. Yeah. So I mean, these are the kind of things that you, kind of the next level things that you need to be thinking about um, you know, with your financial plan as you age. Yeah, my takeaway is people come initially to a financial advisor and a lot of times their the one, number one thing on their mind is, I wanna grow my money the best I can and I'm assuming you're gonna pick the best investments for me right. based on what I want. And that's what I think people come. But when you really look at over a long period of time, the best financial advisors provide to the best as they can that mm-hmm. you know you want to get as good investment return as you can but for the fee you know you there's so much more involved there's so many intricacies and this is just another one of them the 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 reality that as you get older a lot of this financial stuff gets more complicated and you most people as they get older dealing with all that complication is more difficult without a health event happening to you let alone a health event occurring. Right. And more and more, as medical science is better at keeping us alive through everything, you're not dying from those medical events, but they might, they hurt your ability to work the right way on your financial plan. And this is why I feel like financial advisors who do the kind of work we do, which is working with older people, are becoming you know, more and more important as all this stuff is sort of working together as we move into the pretty soon 2020s and beyond. All right. Thanks for listening. We will check in again with you next month.